Hello, everyone. Welcome on The Barricades. This is another edition of our show. My name is Bojan Stanislavski, and I'm here with the usual co-host of the show, Dr. Maria Chernar. Hello, Maria. How are you? Hello, hello. Glad to be here. Right. I'm glad to have you on as well. So uh, today we're going to talk about Romania. But before we actually start discussing the merits of uh, our today's program, I just wanted to uh, steal a little bit of time to remind people that we are available on YouTube. We're also available on Odyssey and Rumble. You can find our shows in a audio format on Spotify and on SoundCloud. Uh, and of course, uh, you should check out every once um, in a while our website, which is thebarricade.online. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter on Substack, where you can find us at thebarricade.substack.com. Plus, we have a Telegram channel where you can also subscribe. And uh, last but not least, please don't forget to also visit our Patreon page where you can support our independent journalism, independent journalism from Eastern Europe. And uh, that's the uh, that's patreon.com slash thebarricade. All the video links are in the description box down below. Uh, so having said that, now I'm... I'm I'd like to invite you, Maria, to explain what is on your radar in your uh, home country, Romania, what's been going on, how were things unfolding there, and uh, what is worth uh, what is worth discussing today. You're muted, by the way, sorry. Yes, because right. my cat was trying to enter the, <laughs> the room, so I thought it would be wise to uh, mute myself. Look, I'm going to start with some general questions and then we'll move on to the latest tragedy happening in Romania, major blow that left 57 people wounded and three dead. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> let us discuss now uh, the war in Ukraine and the fact that Romania signed an agreement <clears throat> to um, train Ukrainian pilots to operate F. 16 planes and that would happen if uh, things go according to the plan the Ukrainian pilots are going to be trained here in Romania now having said that uh, this news haven't caused a lot of panic or discussions uh, most of the mainstream media and mainstream intellectuals are all in line and they think this is a very good idea despite the fact that there are important military specialists and analysts who claim that uh, this type of wep weaponry the f-16s won't make much of a difference in the war and it will expose uh, Romania and countries that are directly involved in this conflict in this way by providing this type of help to Ukraine to a lot of danger. Now, I'm not saying this is a good or a bad thing because I'm not a military expert, but I'm just pointing out that from a media theorist point of view, there are there isn't a lot of debate about these issues. So we claim to be a democracy, but apparently when it comes to military and security questions, there isn't much of a pluralistic society in Romania with points of view. And I'm not talking here about those who are really pro-Russians and say that we should, you know, abandon all alliance to NATO and just join, so to speak, the other camp and uh, are <clears throat> pro-Putinist. No, I'm talking here about a very rational debate around the um, 
pragmatic issues regarding training uh, Ukrainian uh, pilots in uh, Romania. But there isn't such a discussion that there, there, there never was. And unfortunately, this leads us to the second and to the next uh, point I want to mention. The fact that the intellectual elites don't have a serious debate serious, objective, rational about these issues, and those who raise questions are labeled pro-Putinist right from the start. They don't even get the chance to open their mouth, no matter if they are really serious people with a lot of military experience or just, uh, you know, crazy conspiracy theorists. But they are all labeled uh, conspiracy theorists and pro-Putinist. This fact um, opens up a good opportunity for a right-wing extremist party. Extremists in the sense that they are anti-Semitic and they are anti-women and they are anti-LGBT, then they are and they support the conservative um, values. And that is our. And our um, knows that they are not going to be... Um, can you could you could you just explain what our stands for like the the alliance for the union of romanian our also means gold in romanian and um they um they have this style of campaigning that is different from other parties but it's very efficient they go from town to town with hundreds of buses with activists trying to convince people that what they stand for is very good for romania and uh, they are Eurosceptic, um, not so much NATO skeptic, but they are Eurosceptic and they are pushing the paddle of conservative values, saying that the European Union supports all sorts of, um, you know, depraved uh, uh, communities like the LGBT, and we should stand here and, uh, you know, defend our traditional values and our conservative values. And this seems to gain traction. And also, they push on the paddle of economic sovereignty. And here, they have a point, because um, lately, and not lately, even uh, before joining the EU, the conditions of the European Commission were the neoliberal ones, privatization of important strategic um, companies, uh, the privatization of companies operating in transportation, privatization of companies operating in the energy segment. So our here has a point. And they claim in their program that they want to buy back. They don't want to nationalize, but they want to buy back uh, these companies, important companies for the economic sovereignty of uh, Romania, so that the state has the majority package of share, uh, shares uh, in these important strategic companies. Now, of course, this is very hard to do because it will cost us like impossible amounts of money. And I don't see how the very institutions like the IMF, the European Commissions, and all the others that maintain the idea that we have to privatize these companies are going to loan us money to buy those companies back. But that's another issue. But the thing is that our is gaining traction and um, our uh, 
is successful, I told you, because there is no debate, because there these questions that are very hard and they are very pressing at the same time are not debated seriously. I mean, if you try to debate it, you are labeled right from the beginning and all the people who are smart and who have very important things to say with regards to these issues are just sidelined and marginalized. And this opens up the door for another type of individuals, those who are really, really, you know, challenged um, from a psychological point of view. I mean, two weeks We've ago, got many of those in Poland weeks too. Ago, um, this party, our, along with other activists in Romania, organized an anti-vaccination protest. Because the Ministry of Health announced that they are going to set up a strategy for a national vaccination. Vaccinations uh, were not mandatory, but unfortunately, Aur and the other activists just protested the idea of having mandatory vaccination. Now, between we, you and me, um, we managed to keep our population healthy during Ceausescu's time. Maybe this is not the best example, but you have to be pragmatic and you have to look when did vaccination work best, but when it was mandatory. But of course, you know, things are connected because if you are forcing people to take a, a, a medicine of all kinds from a private company, not from the state-owned produced ones, and you destroy what you had, that meaning companies that were producing vaccines in Romania and they were state-owned, and then you force people to take drugs that are produced by pharmaceutical, private pharmaceutical companies, this opens up the door for something very, very problematic, in my opinion. And um, it functioned, the mandatory vaccination functioned in Romania because the companies producing drugs were not, were not pro-profit. There were pro-health, they were publicly owned, and you could never suspect those companies that they are in, in this business uh, to make a buck. They were there to make and keep the population healthy. And this is, you know, the whole ring of trust was possible to build and to maintain in uh, the society because these companies were not private. But nevertheless, those people protested. Now, the Protests look kind of, I don't know how to call it because I don't want to be. Rather here, funny. You know. Okay, let's just put it that way. I mean, we, I just have to give you an example. We had a person that claimed to be a true Dacian and mm. uh, he climbed the building of the Ministry of Health and it took the, um, you know, the police and the firefighters and everybody took hours to, to convince him to uh get down from the building and it all looked like a scene from a movie something you know extraordinary because as i told you because nobody in the right state of mind with true um and and serious people do not debate this publicly it's okay to have mandatory um vaccination at the same time when you have a private company that is there to make money not keep the population healthy all sorts of discussions and debates have to be um, you, you have to have all these debates because we don't have this type of rational debate 
then all these elements, you know, coming from our, coming from the most conspiratorial parts of the society, um, have their chance, you know, to, to replace rational debate on very, very sensitive topics like the war in Ukraine, vaccinations, and all the rest with all this. Which makes one think that it's is the point. That's the point, right? Like to, to just not have a debate, but to have some people protesting certain elements just to label them as crazy, stupid, you know, tinfoil yes, or whatever. Yes, yes. But at the same time, it, it's very detrimental for our society. It's yeah, very detrimental sure. because people and a lot of people who are frustrated for, for rational reasons are going to find, you know, support in this type mm -hmm. of crazy elements in the society, marginalized, conspiratorial, mm -hmm. and are going to vote for them. And uh, we'll see when they come to power what their agenda will be. But I would think that they will scapegoat exactly like Donald Trump did. They will scapegoat minorities. They will scapegoat to feminists and uh, everybody who has a progressive agenda. And they will push for neoliberal policies. This is my my view. Probably, probably they will have a more peaceful agenda and more pro-Russian agenda. Because again, here in Romania, you have those who fantasize about Russia as being Satan and those who fantasize about Russia as being the true keeper of conservative values, uh, ethnically homogenous countries, another type of fantasy, you know, that has nothing to do with real Russia because none of these people, almost none of them reads Russian, none of them knows what really what's really going on in Russia, but they fantasize about this promised land for conservative people that is Russia, and that is going to save them from, from what they perceive as the evil elements in the society, feminist, LGBT uh, people. I think that's called projection or something like that. Not a, I'm not a psychologist, but I think that's something related. Yes, they are projecting. What, some of them project, you know, on Russia all the bad things they can imagine, and the others are projecting on Russia all the good things they, uh, they imagine. So this is basically the... Because there is, I told you, there is no serious debate. I mean, our president, Klaus Johannes, haven't, he never discusses to the press, but never. He's a president who hasn't been on TV discussing, you know, debating for eight years. Can you imagine something more undemocratic than this? And this is why, uh, because you have an apparent consensus in the mainstream media, in the mainstream press, in the mainstream academia and mainstream, you know, intelligentsia, then you have all these weird elements, you know, just appearing and uh, trying to capitalize on this lack of debate. And this leads us to the, the other element that I wanted to uh, point out here, and that is the fact that I told you a couple of weeks ago or month was it that it was never that bad in Romania in terms of democratic debate, in terms of people at least mimicking, you know, a pluralistic society. And unfortunately, this is coupled with a lot of tragedies taking place. It's like an apocalyptic landscape in Romania. We discussed the 
horror stories about the, the care homes for elderly people where disabled persons were beaten up, forced to live in inhumane conditions and even forced to work by the people who took from the Romanian government from budgetary funds almost 3 million euros claiming that they will take care of this elderly people. We have this horror story. Now we had another horror story with people not listening to lifeguards and the police when they told them not to enter the Black Sea because it's very dangerous. And four people are dead because they didn't want to listen to the lifeguards and the police. The sea was, uh, was very dangerous and the lifeguards and the police weren't the people who were there to spend their vacation in the Black Sea coast in Romania, not to enter, but they nevertheless did. And so what was the reason? They drowned? Yes, they drowned. Oh. Of course they drowned. No, okay, because I thought like maybe the water was poisoned or polluted or I, no, I no, you know, no, it wasn't. No, yeah. no, but they were warned. It was just a da dangerous weather. Yes, and four uh -huh. people, and I think one of them was a, a lifeguard that was trying to save other persons, you know, that didn't want to listen. I mean, something is, is, is very broken in our society if you don't listen to the people that are telling you you shouldn't do this because you risk your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a, a, <laughs> a phenomenon that should make us think, what was it that made those people disobey such important, you know, indications coming from the police and the lifeguards. But now, another two elements. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a drug driver. He was only 19 that killed three people. And apparently the police knew that he was drunk, but they decided to let him go with just a warning. And just after he was stopped and the police found out about his situation, he killed three people. Then we had another one, <laughs> exactly the same scenario. Very rich kid with very rich parents, apparently drunk, again, 19 years old. He killed other people uh, on the street by uh, driving recklessly. Mm -hmm. Then it all culminated with um, a major fire um, taking place and an explosion near Bucharest at the liquefied gas station that was operating illegally because apparently the authorities withdrew the license of this gas station, liquefied gas station. But for some reason, for some reason, it was still operating and it was operating in the style of uh, Romania in the sense that everybody knew uh, that they were operating, but nobody wanted to... Um, you know, file a complaint. Now, why was it? Because it was operating in a small, you know, village in a place where, you know, this is the It's not almost 60 people wounded, 67 if I'm correct. All right. And it was a miscalculation and it was a miscoordination and lack of 
communication on the part of the firefighters. They haven't had the proper gear to go in. Uh, the thing is that the gas station in Crevedia near Bucharest was operating illegally, but everybody in that uh, small village was going by night and buying, you know, from the black mar market liquefied gas that apparently was brought in from Russia or other places. I don't know if this is just a speculation of the press of, or this is really the case because the investigation is still going on. The idea is that that station should have been closed. But since um, people are poor and they want to buy liquefied gas at a cheaper price, they didn't want to file a complaint and they were perfectly happy with the station still operating, even though it was illegal. And um, for the last part of our show, for the last minutes, because I've been talking for almost 20 minutes, I want to explain you the, 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 the following thing. What bothers me here the most are the intellectuals and mainly the journalists, because we had all these tragedies. All they are trying to do for hours, for hours in live TV shows, day by day, is to find out who's guilty. But who's guilty in what way? Is it the Social Democrats that appointed the head of the police in Crevedia? Is it the National Liberals? What party appointed? What kind of mayor there? Uh, is this the mayor of the National Liberals? Is it from the Union Save Romania? Is it from the Social Democrats? Because it is, if it is from the Social Democrats, then we have the simple explanation. The Social Democrats are corrupt, and this is why these things happen. And I, I keep wondering, I'm also invited in a TV show um, on uh, September 7 in a Romanian mainstream uh, television media channel, and I'm kind of afraid to go because I will frankly tell them, aren't you bored with this type of explanation and with this type of discussion? We've been having this type of discussion for the past 30 years. A tragedy happens in Romania, something major. I mean, this was so huge that there were memes circulating online with putting allegedly asking Lavrov and saying, do you think if we bomb them now, will they notice? Because it was so huge. You know? And all sorts of, of things. We had the collective tragedy that left dozens of dead people and uh, wounded, burned uh, in that fire. Now we have this explosion. We have people not listening to the fire, to the lifeguards and simply dying for nothing, you know, because they just want, don't want to listen. And the only thing journalists and intellectuals come up with is who's to blame? Is it the social democrats? Is it the national liberals? How are we going to capitalize politically this tragedy? And aren't they tired of hearing the same thing? Because there are deep structural causes that make these things happen. First of all, we allow mayors to be elected indefinitely. I told you that Romania is a country of mayors. Mayors have the biggest po uh, power in Romania. Why? Because they have direct contact with the public. They can bring the votes. They can keep a very poor population, you know, subjugated because they use 
the public function as their own little feud. And they even have the guts to say to all them poor people who are, you know, left there in, in villages in Romania because their children went to work abroad or in the city. And they tell them, do you want us to give you your pension next month? You, you should do this and that. So they are using the public function to blackmail an impoverished uh, population, mainly of elderly people. Now, what does the press say? Elderly people are stupid because they let themselves, uh, you know, blackmail. They, they don't think for a moment that when you're 80, your political will, you know, and your ability to fight for what's right may be diminished by a number of things, the most important one being the lack of physical health. No, nobody thinks in these terms. We have this term of stupid old people living in the villages who let themselves being blackmailed by the mayors. So no explanation here, you know, just this very simplistic and idiotic, you know, yeah. perspective on, on elderly people, no lack of empathy, total lack of empathy. And these mayors have the ability to have to be elected for life. We have mayors who have been in power for 20 years, more than 20 years. How do they do it? Now the social democrats are, you know, trending, so to speak. So they go to the social democrats and they say, I'm going to give you this much votes. I'm going to blackmail people to um, vote for you. If you give me this type of money, I'm going to give it to companies that are friends with... Uh, and also they're going to organize buying votes, I suppose. Yes, they organize buying. I'm going to organize things so that there are companies uh, attending a public bidding to rebuild the school. I'm going to elect the company that is close to your party and is going to make donation to your party. So it's a very well-oiled system of corruption using the mayors. And uh, there were parties, to their credit, the Union Save Romania said that they wanted to limit the, the, the number of mandates a mayor could have in his or her lifetime, but it never passed because the major parties, the Social Democrats and the National Liberals are more than happy with this very corrupt but very well-oiled machine through which they can get money and votes for the party and maintain power. And this is why, I mean, the mayor in Crevedia, this small village, this small place where the explosion took place, I don't know if it's a village, but somewhere remote in Romania, not a major, uh, you know, city or something like that. So this mayor, painted on the walls um, in like saints, him and his family, you know. So it's uh, like he, he made he himself an icon. Yes, like yes. A true he, icon. he commanded an icon for him and uh, his uh, family. And of course, the like icon in a religious way. Let's just let's just yes, make sure people understand in a religious way, way. not an icon like you know an idol or something. Yes, but an they icon, were painted icon. like Orthodox saints, you know, something yeah. more disgusting and ridiculous than that. I mean, to use the public function, to use it as your own personal feud, wow. and then to commission an icon for you and your family. I mean, this is the type of 
democracy we have in Romania. This is the type of democracy we have wow. in Romania. And, you know, we have political commentators saying of Gabon, you know, and the countries in Africa that they are so backward and they are so undemocratic. But look at Romania. <laughs> this is like a petty dictator would do in the global south. And this is why... Yeah, but racism is always very handy, right? I mean, you can always use it. And, you know, but this is us, you know, this is happening in Romania, EU country, you know. And um, this is why I'm saying that Romania uh, is in a bankrupt situation. But the main problem is that we don't even want to face the, the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is, of course, this system that places money above everything else, that doesn't have a way of limiting the, the, the kind of money, the amount of money you can amass. And of course, you are going to use the public function, everything at your disposal to amass a large amount of money, and then you are going to buy up what? Politicians, judges, police officers, and all the rest. Because, you know, uh, things are so connected when you see that uh, these persons that <clears throat> killed people, they were driving and they were not, they were sons of very wealthy individuals in Romania that used to buy up probably before this very event uh, happened, politicians and judges to help their children escape the, the law. And this is you know, why don't we want to have a discussion about the incompatibility between this system, this economic system and democracy? Why don't we want to have a serious debate on the structural causes? Because those people operating the gas stations, they were not evil people. You know, they were trying to make a buck. They were trying to make a living. And of course, everybody else. They were trying to survive. Probably. They were trying to survive and everybody else were trying to profit from this because they were poor, because, you know, uh, alternatives were not very, you know. Uh, but also, also the culture is there. Like, take a risk. If it's cheaper, it's better. Take the risk, right? Take the risk. Exactly, exactly. And the thing is that they had the liquefy uh, gas in one recipient and then they tried to move it into another and the person apparently smoked during this process and it all blew up and of course it blows up because things are you know connected and it is meant yeah, to be just when... physics yeah <laughs> i mean yeah, and uh, of, of course we don't have, and I told you, the most disappointing thing because I kept watching with my, my parents TV shows when they were trying to put the blame politically on the social democrats and then on the national liberals and they were trying to capitalize. They, they are like these hawks, you know, like, like these parasites that feed themselves from the dead bodies of those people who died in the tragedy. And nobody wants to have a serious conversation about the structural causes. And now, of course, the DAO's office in Romania opened up an investigation trying to punish those who were supposed to make sure that they closed down this facility, but they haven't. 
But this is too late. And again, again and again, we are focusing our attention on what? Politicians and the state. We never question the economic system that produces this type of, of events. We never question it. I mean, the economic system is perfect, but the politicians and the state are to be blamed. This is what this is what uh, the discussion was when we have we had collective that huge fire that broke. I think it was 2017, or it was 2000. 15. It was 2015 when that huge fire broke at a club in Bucharest. And of course, the state was to blame because they have, a, of course, the state is to blame. But it was the owner of the club that bought cheaper materials because they wanted to make money. You know, it was the owner of the club that disregarded every safety measure because they wanted to make money and they never questioned this system they never question the economic basis of this and tragedy. also they don't question the nonsensical logic in inverted commas of it like the private owner makes the mistake that costs lives of people and then the state is to blame or politicians yes, are to blame yes. I and mean, this is ridiculous on its face right Yes. So, uh, yeah. Maria, I want to I want to thank you very much for this overview of uh, what appears to be a broken, uh, broken society in Romania. I can relate to a lot of things that you said uh, in terms of my observations from Bulgaria, mostly, but also from Poland. And there's also, of course, a lot I could speak to uh, with regards to everything you said. Uh, I'm only going to make two brief comments, if you allow me, for the very end of the program. One is uh, related to the question of exactly as you called it, it's a broken society. That's the problem. The problem is not like this or that incident. They are just symptoms of a society that's breaking down, that's broken, that the fabric of which has been torn apart, right? Because a society, normally functioning society, uh, does not do such things. I mean, there's a, at least minimum cohesion and minimum kind of awareness of like, no, you don't jump into a sea where there is a huge storm. Uh, right. Like uh, if you see a lifeguard on the beach, you don't and, and they tell you, look, don't go in. Right. Don't go into the water because it's dangerous for your life. You normally listen to them. Right. In a normal society, that kind of things happen. Uh, 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 that is listening to lifeguards or policemen or whomever is trying to save you from doing things which endanger your life. So uh, that would be also, you know, in the past, I can imagine a major outrage. I mean, we've had incidents of people, you know, disobeying certain orders or certain regulations, you know, be somewhere on the sea coast or in the mountains or something. And I remember there's a child in Bulgaria in the 80s that, you know, every time that this kind of things happen, uh, used to happen, they would be followed by a massive awareness campaign. Never do this. Always read the signs and so on and so forth. Right. Because it would be a tragedy. Uh, to have lost like two or three people. Uh, up until today, in the mountains around, surrounding Sofia, there are monuments, warning monuments, that these people went away despite the fact that the weather was bad and everybody warned them that they shouldn't be leaving uh, the whatever, the hotel, hostel, or wherever they were staying in the mountains. So this is, this is definitely a broken society, and I want people to think about it, okay? Because uh, whatever you want to, uh, whatever however you want to <clears throat> evaluate the government's uh, across Eastern Europe before 1989, then at least you have to acknowledge, if you have a pinch of decency and, and honesty in your political opinions, that those governments were much more effective in many aspects of organizing and regulating social life for the benefit of the society, 
Like, of course, there were deficits of democracy. No one is denying that. And no one's missing, you know, the secret police and the prosecutions and all the rest of it. But there were many, many other things which were very positive and have uh, have been basically destroyed over the last 30 years. And, and I think that it also speaks to... to that's why I, I insist on this question of culture. Because, you know, before... While they are making you poor, they also make you stupid and simple in a kind of and backward in a kind of very, very rigid way. Okay, so it's not like the people are stupid. The people were made stupid, and you can clearly see that. Like, think about uh, or, or try to compare the opinions that people have had in various Eastern European countries, the way they express them about world politics, about their own politics, about what needs to be done in a society, and so on and so forth. And you will easily see a major difference. Oh, but I'm talking about major difference in terms of basic culture, how they speak, what do they tackle, what do they think about, what kind of problems they put forward. You know, this is this is an entirely different not world. This is an entirely different universe today. Okay, so the societies are are, are clearly broken. And the last last thing I want to say, uh, which I think is really important, uh, and and definitely uh, should be. Uh, stressed on is is the question of what you said about you know the the, the disease and the medications and the the mandatory vaccinations and stuff like that. I totally agree with you on each and every point that you made because you know that is true that people have come up with all kinds of rather unhealthy theories, in my opinion, at least. Okay, unhealthy theories about this or that regulation, this or that preparation, medical stuff. That's that's true, but. The common denominator for all those uh, theories, crazy as they might have been, is that they were suspicious of what you pointed out. They noticed that back then, back you know, in the day, Ceausescu, Zhivkov, Jaruzelski, you know, so on and so forth, we were able to trust the state on certain things. We were not able to trust them, for example, in terms of their party propaganda and stuff, but we were able to trust them that we'll provide good health care and they will take good care of the health of the population. We were able to trust that, right? By and large, at least. So when they were coming up with all kinds of vaccinations, mandatory vaccinations for little children, for babies, for elderly, for everything, we believed them. We trusted them. And we had, you know, I, I can't even remember of any kind of incident um, throughout the socialist era that would actually undermine this trust. So it was there and it was mutual and it was sensible and it was for the benefit of the society as a whole. Whereas now people can see that there's someone trying to make money of their health and they become suspicious. And I think that this mechanism of being suspicious on the basis of property is a healthy mechanism. The problem is, again, what you pointed out, there's no debate. So the, the, the arguments cannot be voiced out. You know, they cannot sound <coughs> in the uh, in the public sphere. So, of course, people are going to close up, are going to encapsulate themselves with their suspicions and are going to and, and this is going to backfire. This is going to backfire to the liberal class, to the class of, of the owners, to the, uh, of the owners of the political life and of the owners of the uh, of the economic life in Romania and all across the region. This is going to backfire, but this is going to backfire in a very weird way because if you suppress rational debate you're going to get our you know this crazy woman shoshoaka that you know you discussed once a couple of months ago in our program you're going to get all kinds of weird people weird even by our eastern european standards but i also want to point out that i think that you know i i don't claim that this is all orchestrated but i think that this is how the, the system works i mean it's I, I don't believe it's a conspiracy i just believe that it's the molecular dynamics of the current culture that uh is is built upon this this 
you know, uh, capitalist arrangement of everything in our countries, which is like, you know, let's not have rational things to say, because every time, or let's not have rational discussions, every time you come up with a rational discussion, you will have to challenge rational points, precisely like the one that you brought up about the ownership of the company that produces uh, vaccines, medicine, uh, you know, drugs, whatever, right? You would have to take it up publicly and you risk losing that debate because it's very easy to lose that debate in a rational uh, arrangement again. So they, they don't want that. They don't want that. And this is why those people who who participate in this system, and that's my last point because we really have to finish, is I don't even call them journalists anymore. I, I just call them media employees because journalism is something entirely else. You know, I've been a journalist for quite some time, but I don't want to speak from the authority of me being journalist. I'm just speaking from the authority of the definition of journalism. Like you got to be able to formulate your own opinions, do research on your own, and not just, you know, broadcast whatever's, uh, you know, thrown at you by the powerful institutions. Anyway, uh, Maria, do you have any closing remarks? Because we really got to wrap it up. No, I want to thank to our small community of donors. I really hope uh, you'll like what you saw. And I am, um, I want to provide this type of analysis that is nowadays comes against everything that you can see in the mainstream press in Romania that simply discusses this and plays this blame, blame game that is very lame and it's gonna lead us nowhere. So we gotta start asking important questions with regards to this economic system that- And question uh, everything. Just question as much as it gets, because this is what makes you human being, like an active, intelligent human being. Like you hear something, question it. That's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, thanks. All right, thank you very much. All the very best.